This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Blue Monday podcast. We may still be in partial lockdown, but today we have a special guest and I'm delighted to welcome to the pod former town player and penalty taker extraordinaire, Tommy Miller. How are you? Tommy, how are you? Thankful. First of all, many thanks for coming on. Yeah, not a problem. Not a problem. Sorry for all... Sorry for all the messages back and forth trying to, uh, you know, sort out the link and stuff. But no, that's, that's really that's really kind of you. Thanks. No, it's not a problem. As soon as you go in touch, um, you know, I was delighted to come on the show. Brilliant, mate. So how have things been with you and the family, you know, during lockdown? What have you been? Have, have you kept busy? What have you been up to? Yeah, I've been doing lots of things in the garden. Um, <laughs> a lot of painting, fences, yeah. beds, yeah. trellises, uh, jet washing. <laughs> um, I think so, yeah, I've been, been pretty busy. I think everybody's done that. Although I did see you in the garden. I, I assume that's your garden, doing a bit of nifty keepy up and a bit of swivel turn and a volley into a nice goal, I saw. Yeah. You haven't lost it, mate. You really haven't lost it. So just, I mean, obviously you want to talk, you know, primarily you want to talk about your days at, your days at Port Monroe, your days at Ipswich. But um, just take, just, just before lockdown, so in the last season or so, you've been with Spennymore Town? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, assistant manager? Assistant manager, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's National League North, yeah? Correct, correct. Uh-huh. And so what's the situation, you know, what is, just quickly, you know, what's the situation with the, with the National League and, and, you know, finishing the season or not finishing the season? Because I, I, I did a bit of research and I see you're, you're just about on the cusp of the playoffs, aren't you? In sixth or just in the playoffs, I assume. Yeah, we were in the playoffs. Um, yeah. There was teams around us who had games in hand as well. Yeah. Um, so obviously the season's been finished. Um, uh-huh. We still await the outcome of if anyone goes up or anyone goes down. So it's a bit up in the air, like um, all the other leagues, really. Yeah. So I think it was York, and York, uh, York are up there. York are top, aren't they? And I, I, I again I had a look, little look through the league, and familiar names in that league: York, Darlington, Chester. I mean, you know, all all ex, obviously all ex league clubs. Not not that long ago. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's a good league, you know, very competitive. And as yeah. you said, there's some, there's some good football teams in there who's been in the Football League. Um, Boston's another one. And, oh, yeah, um, Boston, yeah. K- Kings Lynn, uh, second saw, in the league. Believe saw that. They're it's, in the um, National League North. It's, um, yeah, I know, because I'll, t- I'll tell you why I know that. Lowestoft Town, which is fairly local to us, they... Um, they got as far as the National League North and were, were, got as far as the National League and were, yeah, deposited in National League North. So probably they had to come to away, you know, midweek away games to Spennymore and places like that. You know, nightmare. But Kings Lynn is, um, is Ian Culverhouse, the old Norwich player. He was, he's coached there and I think he's doing a pretty decent, 
pretty decent job there. Yeah, that's right. They've got a good team. You know, yeah. team, they, they were sitting second and they had, a, I think it was two or three games in hand. So, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. And and last season, you just got nipped in the playoffs, didn't you? Yeah, we, yeah. last season, we got beaten in the playoff final on penalties. Um, I tell you, I tell you what, mate. I tell you what, Tom. I've been looking through your career and playoffs figure quite highly, don't they, mate? They really <laughs> do. Too. You've they been do. through it. You have been through it. So just take us back, because obviously, as I said, as I said to you on Twitter the other day, you know, you are one of the few players that, yeah, technically have had three spells, three spells at the club. Obviously, um, most famous probably being the legend that is John Walk, um, Darren Ambrose, Richard Wright had, had three sort of spells at the club. So how did you, so going back, you were on schoolboy, sort of associate schoolboy forms with, with the town. How did that, how did that all come, come about? Yeah, it was through my Sunday team, really. I uh, got scouted um, up in the northeast, played for Shotton Boys, who were me. My dad was the manager. Uh, so I used to get a grilling week yeah. in, week out, um, <laughs> Tough, yeah. even, if, even if we won. Yeah. Um, but now the, the scout spotted me and I went down on trial, uh, uh-huh. got, got the train down, uh, changed at Peterborough into yeah, the fish. Yeah. Uh, played a few games, trial games, and they said, "Yeah, we, we'd like to sign you on a two-year deal." This is when I was fourteen year old. Wow, yeah. So that's that's on back then. It was like, well, I say back, it's not that long ago, but that's like schoolboy schoolboy forms, yeah. Schoolboy forms for two years, yeah, yeah. So who was in? Who else? Well, I think I know one of the answers. Who else of note was in your age group? In your in your year group? Kieran Dyer. You're, um, like, you're like ten days apart, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. I mean, what a fantastic player, you know, you could tell then. Um, really? Very he, have, he was tiny, but he was, he was like tiny then, wasn't he? He was, he was, he was smaller than me, um, you know, but he was very quick and very sharp and he had great feet and, you know, he could run all day. You, you could tell he was going to go on to bigger and better things. Yeah. Anyone else, anyone else get, get, you know, picked up from, you know, stay with the town through, through that age group or not really? Uh, John Kennedy, Chris Keeble. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Like that. Um, Matthew Upson was there for a short spell, but then he went to Luton. Oh, yeah, Luton, uh, Arsenal, yeah. yeah. And then the year above, you had Richard Naylor, Richard Wright, um, yeah. Scoey, James Scowcroft. So, yeah. Pretty, you know, Ipswich were in having good youth and good talent, and, you know, there was plenty at that time. And also back in those days, Tommy, um, you know, very, you know, the northeast was a very popular, you know, popular area for, for, you know, for town. They picked up, all, and it has been over the years, you know, certainly back in those days when you were perhaps allowed to, you know, more freedom there. Yeah, always big, always big for town. So obviously you were released. You were released at what, six, fifteen, sixteen. You were, you know, surprised or? Um, yeah, a little bit surprised. I was released just before I was sixteen. Yeah, uh, it was about a couple of weeks before my birthday. Uh, so it didn't go down well. I remember oh. sort of being in the office and he said, listen, one of the reasons is you're, you're too small. Um, yeah. I was I was five foot two when I left school, you know, so I was oh, yeah. this little puny thing. And I remember sort of walking into the town centre with Kieran Dyer um, and sort of said, well, that, that's me now. He's obviously gone and he went his way and I went mine and wow. I was back on the train back to the northeast and so obviously, obviously back then it was just as you're only like 14, 15, it was just like school holidays and stuff you'd spend down here and and yeah. Yeah, mainly. But I mean, I did used to come down um, on a Saturday morning, get the train down, stay with the family on the Saturday night, yeah, and then play on the Sunday for the under 15s oh, or under 16s, yeah. and then back to school on the Monday, uh, back yeah, home after the game. So it was a bit of a, a mission, but it was an enjoyable one. Yeah. So then. So, so obviously you get released, and then you, you, you then you join Hartlepool almost fairly immediately, yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. I mean, I got released, devastated, heartbroken. I thought that was the end of the world. Yeah. Um, I was going to go to college, actually. Uh, I just signed up for a, a leisure and tourism course at college. Uh-huh. And then a friend of mine called Brian Honor, who was a bit of a Hartlepool legend, um, said, why don't you come into Hartlepool and, and train with us? Um, so I went in and trained with them. They'd already agreed for their YTS places for that year. Uh, so they applied to the Football League to get an extra place. Um, and that was me. So I got I got on that way and obviously I did quite well there and ended up back at it. Well, yeah, I mean, just just a little bit. So, yeah, better than obviously better than well. Um, so I ended up, you know, two, two seats, 136. Obviously had your league. Can you make much about your league debut there? At Hartlepool? Yeah. Yeah, I can. You know, it was, um, I came on against Chester as a substitute. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 3-1 at the Diva Stadium. And obviously Chester are now in our league, spending Moore's league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the week after we played Doncaster away, uh, which was my full debut, my first start. Um, we were getting beat 2-0 and we drew 2-2. Um, and I managed to get cropped in that game. One of the, the rough lads came through me and my ankle ligament. So I was out for five weeks after that. So oh, well, well in Division 3. You remember, you remember that. And was that, uh, was that, was that at the Keep Motor at the oldest, old, old stadium? That was at Bellevue. Yeah, Bellevue. Yeah. yeah, Doncaster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did I also see that at some point whilst you were there that Peter Beardsley could have been there briefly? Peter Beardsley was there briefly. Um, I played a season with him, and obviously, growing up, he was a hero of mine. You know, one of the fav- one of my favourite players. And and when he came to Hartlepool, well, it was just sort of a dream. Uh, and he, but he was playing centre midfield, and if we played four four two, I was playing alongside him. Well, wow! I tell you, I was doing all his running. <laughs> but uh, in possession, Rolls Royce, what a player! I mean, really? Yeah, and, well, sorry, and sorry, Tommy, were you a Newcastle fan? Was that is that your club? No, Sunderland. Oh, okay. I thought. Oh, yeah, I thought. I liked, I, thought he, so. I liked him when he played for <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> That's, that's superb. So Division Three playoffs. I mean, and you were prolific like, from midfield. That obviously, um, I think um, 2009. I think sorry, 1999, 2000. What 16 goals, 20 goals in 2000, 2001 from midfield. Um, I mean, obviously prolific, and obviously brought brought you to the attention of um, you know of, of bigger clubs. I mean, interesting enough, when when Ipswich came in for you again, um, did you was it almost a feel of unfinished I know it I know it was some years before when you were a kid, but was it almost a feel of, yeah, this is a club, this is where I want to go and really prove myself and show them? Was that that sort of thing? Or did you have other opportunities at that stage? Yeah, there was there was a couple of clubs who agreed a fee. Um so, uh, Coventry crew um at the time and I went to, to speak to both of them. Um and then obviously George Burley at Ipswich wanted me to go down there and I thought Ipswich had just had a fantastic season in the Premier League, had qualified for Europe. Yeah, uh, it was an opportunity I could not turn down. I, yeah. I knew it was a massive jump from Division Three. There's no doubt about it. I knew I'd have to bide my time, and I wasn't going to go straight into the team. But I just thought I knew the area, I knew the place, and I just wanted to get back there. And so, in the same summer, obviously, Fanidi, Fanidi George. I did. What, what a character! You couldn't couldn't make it up, could you? You've got me coming from Hartlepool and George. <laughs> One of the world stars, probably, when he's played in World Cups galore. Unbelievable. Just quickly, just just while we mention him, I mean, what was he like? What was he like in training and stuff? I mean, OK, we saw we saw glimpses of him, you know. We remember the chip he scored against Sunderland, overhead kick against um, overhead kick at Spurs, and that very, um, you know, I was there for his debut. I mean, I think only time the Sun back then had awarded anyone like 10 out of 10 against Derby. I mean, how, how was he in training, stuff like that? 
Well, let me tell you now, for the first 10, 15 minutes, he was outstanding. And then after that, he was on the floor. He was goosed. He was bending over, hands on his hips, absolutely pagged. Yeah. And, uh, the fitness coach at the time, Simon Tadani, oh, yeah. he couldn't put his finger on it. He was doing all these tests with him. And I think Fanidi had said he was 32 when he signed, but I think that's debatable. It was that, it was that dodgy that dodgy passport thing and something else i did I, I did pick up and also just before you in in that period before you joined town do you have a chance of a loan spell in norway and potentially playing in the champions league i did um the hartlepool season had finished and hartlepool had links with brand bergen all right um, so i ended up going over there for three four weeks yeah and trained with them uh, again a, a good experience uh, yeah and they, yeah. they were interested in doing something but if truth be told I don't think I was ready to go there, you know what I mean? I'd yeah. rather stayed in England at the time, but it, obviously it was a, a good experience training with them over there. And, and obviously now, you know, coming into Ipswich, as you said, after the unbelievable, you know, unbelievable season, how was it? I mean, how was the, you know, how was the feeling around the club? Was the feeling of confidence? And obviously in that close season, um, Richard Wright had left, Sco, James Scowcroft had gone, you know, in effect replaced with, you know, Fanidi and, and obviously Matteo, Matteo Serini as well. But, you know, can you, can, you, can you remember back to that season and, you know, was, was there confidence going into the season, you know, that, that they could not perhaps emulate it, but at least you know, achieve something, do you think? Yeah, it was. I mean, the lads were buzzing, you know, the, the whole town was on a high. Yeah. Um, expectation was massive. Too, um, yeah. They were thinking if they could do the same again or can they go one better, yeah. uh, it would be brilliant. But I mean, I think obviously the season they had in the Premier League was superb, you know, and I think because they were a bit of an unknown identity, you know, yeah. they surprise a lot of teams and yeah. most teams. Mm. Uh, and it's always hard in the second season. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it was a, a struggle and maybe teams worked out how they played or how we played and stuff like that. So it, it was difficult. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I think I think that's that. I think that's understood. And and your sort of your debut, I think, how in Helsingborg was it? Your actual uh, debut. My debut was in Russia, actually. In the, in oh, the was Europe. it really? Yeah, Sorry, in Europe, I, I came yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I think it was nil-nil. It, it was certainly a draw. It was either 1-1 one, one or nil-nil. I think we might have won, actually. I think, did we not win? I think Fanidi certainly scored. I think we might have actually won. I think we drew the home game and perhaps won that game. I'm not 100% sure. You'll have to uh, double-check. But I, I thought it was a draw. I thought it was a draw. <laughs> you might be right. Yeah, you might. I, someone mean, will, I might... remember Vino saying, there's not many teams coming to Russia and get a, get a bad draw. Or oh, like so I'm not sure, but you, you might be right. You might, you might be right. And then your can you can you remember your 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 first sort of league league appearance? I think my full debut was against Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, and it was it was unbelievable. You know, I, I had a decent game. With it. I got man of the match. Um, yeah, the last after and, uh, Marcus bent Mr. Pelenty. Uh, yeah, so I know, I know. We should, have, we should have beat them, really. I mean, funny enough, we talked with my fellow colleagues on the um, when they knew you were coming on on the pod about that, and they say, "Ask him, you know, what? what would he felt confident on his debut? What, what if he'd have taken that penalty? You know, surely he'd have just rolled it in, you know, like he always did." Yeah, but, well, I wasn't getting that off Marcus Bench, no <laughs> chance. Not, not on my first game. <laughs> and you obviously played in the running then. I mean, I think you played. Um, I know you, you. Well, I know you. You certainly played in that game. It's um, in that final game at Liverpool. Did you also play in the game uh, where it all really went wrong? The game at Bolton, when I think we're four 0 down at four 0 down at half time. No, I don't think I did play in that game. Yeah, no, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I don't. Yeah. Think no, no. I mean, it was just a. I mean, it was just a tough run in. I think you. I think you probably played in the Man U game where I think um, Van Nistelrooy. Yeah. Van Nistelrooy yeah. took a. Yeah. It's a yeah. Bit of a dive, and we, again, it's fine lines, and 
and fine yeah. margins. But over the course of the season, we we just weren't good enough, you know, as a as a group and as a team. And it was it, there was. Yeah, thinking back, I don't know if you again, if you probably were involved or certainly around. You know, it was those two games. It was the, it was the when we I think we'd won like eight games out of nine, and then got absolutely walloped by Liverpool at home six, I think. Yeah. And then I think the next home game I think was Southampton. We think okay, yeah, it was only Southampton, and we got beat that, and that was it. That was the downward. Yeah, it just did for us, didn't it? Really. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I remember watching the Liverpool game. I was I was in the stand. I, was, I wasn't involved that day, and they absolutely tore us apart. Yes. You know, I think to get beat six at home, it, it absolutely soul destroyed. You know, and that that sort of knocked well, them To be fair, at one stage, they had a front front three of Mike Galloway, Emil Heskey, and Nicholas and Nelka. So, to be to be fair. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> so we get so we get now to obviously the first season under relegation, two thousand and two three. I mean, I think everyone's favourites to sort of bounce bounce back up. You know. Um, we, I, mean, I was very narrowly, I think, obviously by four points in the end. But, you know, given that the run we did have the season before, pretty much the same squad. You know, I think, um, you know, people, well, most people in football expected expected us to bounce back. But after a sort of half-decent start, again, the sort of wheels, obviously the wheels came off. Yeah, they did. It was disappointing. You know, like you say, we're one of the favourites to, to bounce back and, and try and get back into the promised land, the, the Premier League, where you want to be. Yeah, and, and we didn't quite make. You know, we weren't again over the course of the season. We weren't good enough. I remember. Uh, I actually remember being at that game at Grimsby. Don't don't ask me why, but was that was that midweek game at Grimsby, which was it for George, wasn't it? I mean, three yes. nil, um, and then George left, and then so so George. So how did you feel? I mean, obviously George, George, had, I say primarily released you in the first instance, but then then George had obviously um, you know signed you back. How did you feel when obviously George who had re-signed you effectively um, left, and then Joe Royal took over? Yeah, I mean, obviously, George was a legend at Ipswich, you know, for what he'd done for the club. Uh, took them to Europe, obviously, the, the, the fifth place finish in the Premier League, you know, a fantastic manager, got them yeah. up there. Uh, and maybe it was it was just time for him to move on, you know, yeah. a fresh start for him, a new challenge. Uh, but I'm sure he'll always be remembered fondly in, at Ipswich Town and also as a player when he played there, you know. Oh, he's fantastic. Back. So, obviously, then Joe Royal comes in and, you know, a totally different sort of style of playing. Uh, very attack-minded, yeah. Um, and as you know, and as the fans know, I mean, some of the games at Portman Road uh, <laughs> must have been quite enthralling and, and thrilling. Brilliant, brilliant. I mean, that's where I first really saw you, and uh, well, I always thought your understanding with Pablo. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I didn't have to look. I just knew where right, Pablo right. was. You know, he could be. Round the corner, I knew he was there. I would just play balls around the corner or in first time, and he would always be there. And back to goal, he, oh, was, oh, he was something else. He was, think, he could twist defenders, he could move them all over. He was so strong, and he had a nasty side in him, but technically oh, yeah. as well, he could score. Also, he was superb to play with a real pressure. I agree. I agree with you. I think he's one of the, he's one of the best players I've seen actually ever. I think when he's back to goal, absolutely oh, outstanding player. Super. How, what sort of just just out of interest? What sort of trainer was he? Again, you know, obviously Spanish, bit Mediterranean, bit laid back. Was he, he good trainer? Yeah, he was a good trainer. Yeah, you know, yeah, he was fine. You know, there was a few uh, incidents where he, if the defenders got tight to him and he and kicked him, he didn't like it. You know, he'd retaliate. Yeah, uh, so a bit of a, he was a bit of a hothead. Uh, you know, he'd lose it, and there was a few incidents in training where he uh, had a few rumbles with a few teammates. Um, yeah, he, he could certainly give it as much as he he got it, you know. But um, oh, he was a, he was a good trainer. So that so that first so that two thousand two three. Um, 
24 appearances, six goals, um, including one at Anfield in the Worthington Cup. Remember that? I do, yeah. Um, loved it, you know, obviously <laughs> at the cop end. Uh, oh, was it? Oh, wow. Yeah, so, and then obviously we went to penalties and scored at the cop end as well in the shootout, but so close, you know, we, we took them so close and so far, you know what I mean? It was um, obviously the penalty shootout, it, it's 50-50. Yeah, okay. I've been asked to. I've been asked to ask ask you a question about one penalty, and the one penalty you effectively missed against Forest. Yeah, um, <laughs> Darren Ward was the goalkeeper who, who later came to Sunderland when I was there. Oh, okay, yeah. And as soon as he walked in, he went, "Why was that penalty reached?" <laughs> and I said to him, "I couldn't tell you." Uh, it sort of hits the post, rolls along the line, and you're not sure. It definitely didn't cross the line, and then no. I don't know whether the keepers moved anyway. I was delighted when the ref sort of. So listen, retake and I can't uh, remember what you did. Did you go? Did you go same side? Did you? Did you, yeah, you psyched him, psyched him, didn't you? Yeah, side, yeah. <laughs> so, delighted when it went in. Relief, relief. And how was it? Just, I mean, again, another game that I remember that season was a home game against Portsmouth. That was a, that was superb. You know, again, some of the football you and Pablo and Jamie Clapham and just just outstanding, outstanding stuff. Yeah. Listen, how just quickly? How is it? How is it playing alongside um, Jim in Jim Jilton in midfield? Oh, it was. It was brilliant, you know, it was, don't get me wrong, there were downs as well, you know, you'd <laughs> screaming and shouting at you, I mean, you'd come off the pitch and you, you had earache, yeah. because yeah. He, he just wanted the ball, you know, you all know what sort of player he was, he was yeah. he was a ball player, he was playmaker, you know, he was a midfield maestro, Yeah. But he'd want the ball on the edge of his own six-yard box with people <laughs> around him, and you're thinking, Jimmy, ah, give me the ball, just give me the ball, Yeah. it was constant, but a wonderful footballer, Um and there was times when we, when obviously Joe had the team, and he, he was putting Jim on the right hand side of midfield, and me in the middle. And after five minutes, it was like, Tommy, get to the right hand <laughs> side. We'll have a little switch. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it worked well, and like I said, a, a fantastic footballer. Yeah, yeah. So next season, twenty-seven appearances, eleven goals. So the goals are starting to rack up. Um, did you get injured that? Can you remember? Did you, did you have an injury that season? I'm not 100 percent sure off the top of my head again. My memory's not great. Chris Bart Williams. Chris Bart Williams came in. Chris Bart Williams came in on loan. We had Alan Marn for a bit. So again, still some good players in the squad. Darren Bent, Pablo, um, yeah. Shefki, Jim McChilton still there. Kelvin Davis. Obviously, Matt Holland had moved on. Obviously, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and uh, sorry, should have tweeted on that the season before. Obviously, going into administration. Um, yeah, tough times, really. Yeah, it was tough times. That it was a, you know, I mean, a sad time for the club. Um, yeah. And, and no one likes to see it. Um, and obviously, it affected it affected everyone really. You know, we we obviously clubbed together and deferred our wages, and which we we later got back at a later date. But it, it was a tough time, you know, with the club going into administration. And right, and incredibly, still made the playoffs though. West Ham, the first season against West Ham. Yeah. But remember, I mean, obviously, yeah, we win the first leg. Remember much about the second leg? Upton Park, I know. I know that was it was absolutely banging, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. The atmosphere was brilliant. Oh, fantastic ground that you know the old ground. Oh, I loved it. Upton yeah, Park. Oh. It, it, it was superb. And um, is this the first year? Is this when did I score uh, that game? Or was that the year after? No, year after. So this is a game where um, Benty misses one. Oh, you know he scored a lot. He scored twenty. Well, he scored if not that not that season. But Benty's one on one quite early on and drags yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then. And then we're still well in the game. Etherington scores as well. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they go two up and then Westlake hits the post last minute. 
Yeah, and then did did Christian Daly not score that game? No. Yeah, I dribbled. Yeah, dribbled in. Yeah, horrible. Yeah, yeah the total yeah. opposite to to everything. Yeah, yeah. So and again, so so again with that, you've reached the playoffs. You know, obviously had all that adversity from the season before, and that the, the hang the hangover from that have come through all that. Um, confidence still high for the next season, two thousand four five. Yeah, ready to go again. You know, ready to go again. Um, a few additions into the into the squad, into the team. Uh, and obviously, we were just desperate to get back to the Premier League. You know, we were desperate. Mate, that was a season. Where, I mean, you were a fixture. 40, what, 45 league games, 13 goals. And I'll tell you what was a feature of that, of that. When you look through the team, Darren Bent, DeVos, Shefke, Naylor, Westlake, Wilness, all 40-plus games. So, you had that real core that call the side right the way through, right the way through the season. From a fan's point of view, just should have been our season. And I don't know, but I don't know as a player how you feel about it, but that injury, that freak injury to Shefke in February, where I think he misses four games, we get one point, and more crucially, we get beat at, at Wigan. Yeah, that was. I think that was a turning point. You know, um, like you say, I think we played QPR and Watford. We had two home games on the Saturday and the Tuesday. Yeah. I think it was. I'm sure it was them two. Teams. Yeah, you're right. And Shefke obviously missed them. He was desperate to play, but he had a big gash in his thigh, or he just couldn't. It wasn't possible. Um, and the way he was playing, you know, he was oh, unplayable. He was just an absolute machine. Beast, on the beast, day, no, one could, no one could handle him. A beast, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he was missed in them two key home games, and like I say, we just missed out, and it still bugs me now. You know how we never went up that year. Well, I got. Yeah, I, I knew we should have been up and forgotten about. It was just yeah. one of those. It was just one of those seasons. I remember that it was the game against QPR where. Kelvin Davis takes a goal kick and it hits Furlong on the backside and he turns around and the ball's in front of him one on one. Is it's ridiculous? Yeah. But yeah, quite rightly you said that. Um, I was I was I was at the game at the first game at West Ham where we're two 0 down quite early on, fearing the worst. Really getting they're ripping us apart. I remember certainly from wide and from wide areas. And five minutes before half time, I go down for a beer with my mates to make sure we get a beer, a big sort of big cheer. And you you've sort of well. Yeah, I think you've got your free kick. Um, so it hits, hits a post, hits a keeper gate. You'd claim that, wouldn't you? <laughs> I think um, Jimmy Ward was on the coaching staff, isn't he? Yeah. That, that was the goalkeeper, yeah. It was, yeah. It, it hits the post, it hits him on the head and it goes in the net. So, yeah, it's definitely my goal. Definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. And Shefki gets, uh, sort of, again, a bit of a scrambled equaliser. But the... Um, what I remember about what I remember of that game, one of the best saves I've ever seen by Kelvin Davis from Elliot Ward from the header. Unbelievable. Yeah, save. I remember, yeah. He, he was a superb keeper, you know, a superb keeper. He followed me to Sunderland and didn't. Well, yeah, nice. Yeah, but he was fantastic for Ipswich. So, it sort of comes to an end, but just just comes to an end that season. Just quickly, Scott, talk, talk us through about Scotland potentially. Yeah, Willie Donaghy um, got up to me. He said, listen, have you, have you got anything to do with Scotland? Have you got any sort of grandparents or any cousins or anything? And I said, well, me, me, me grand's Scottish. And he oh. went, well, get that birth certificate brought in. Get that birth certificate brought in. So I brought it in and he sent it all to the Scottish FA and they started watching me. And then I ended up getting invited to a tr- few training camps. And I went, oh, wow. Um, and, and Bertie Vokes was the manager. Yeah, yeah. It was hilarious because I'd gone up and I'd gone into the room when we had a meeting and Bertie Vokes has called everyone in and gone, on behalf of the German FA, I mean the Scottish <laughs> FA, I'd like to thank you all for coming. I thought, what is going on here? <laughs> and I mean, the Scottish football at the time wasn't great. You know, the national side was struggling. Uh, England had just won the Rugby World Cup. Oh, uh, Christ, yeah. So in hindsight, I don't think I was, my heart really wasn't in it, if truth be told. 
yeah. to play for Scotland. And I look back and I think it could have been a fantastic opportunity, oh. but I just yeah. I just felt too English and too I, I don't know, you know, at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who 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 did they have around? Can you remember who they had around around the squad at that time? Yeah, there was Scott Brown, there was Chris Boyd. You know, oh yeah, cool. Yeah, some good characters. Um, but like I said, I, I just didn't feel really Scottish. I really wanted to play for Scotland. You know what I mean? I thought I'm English, and yeah, and I mean, a lot of players are different, and a lot of players sort of if the dogs Irish, they'll play for Ireland. You know what I mean? But that's just how I felt at that time. And looking back, was it an opportunity, a good opportunity? Possibly, but, you know, I mean, no regrets. So, so this is, so we're now into 2005-06. You were offered a, offered a new deal by town? Well, it was funny because it was coming towards the end of the season. And I was having a word with Joel Royal and I was saying, listen, Joel, what's happening next season? And he went, well, I, I can't really offer you anything. I don't know if what league we're going to be in and bits and bobs. So, the longer it went on, hey, you were hanging here. Yeah, the, the more interest was getting shown from elsewhere. Uh, in hindsight, if if Ipswich had put a contract in front of me, I'd have signed it. Do you know what right. I mean? I yeah. that much. I was enjoying it, and then, like I said, the longer it goes on, the few teams are interested, and then Sunderland obviously what being one of them. Um, and I went on holiday to Portugal, and Mick McCarthy was was in Portugal at the same time. And I sort of, <laughs> got a phone call he went oh I'm just down the road in Albo he said I'll come up to uh, Villamore and I'll meet you so I met him in one of the hotels and had a bit chat with him I mean he, he didn't have to sell me the club I, I knew all about the club you know having went to Watson as it when a young boy Sunderland is a massive football oh, team obviously a, a local side to myself yeah. so it was a one of them where yeah th- this seems right you know I, I was I, I'd made my mind up more or less then when I was on holiday Oh, for I mean, for a fan as a boyhood fan, a dream come true, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah, definitely. You know, on my doorstep, fifteen minutes away from where I where I'm from, uh, and like I've just said, I used to go and watch the games, and it, it was an opportunity. Listen, I could have went to Leeds, who were yeah in the championship. So Celtic, so some issues, showed some interest, interest as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leeds offered me a better deal, a better contract, another an extra year. Uh, but it, it wasn't about that. It was it was about really wanting to put the red and white shirt on. And as much as I didn't want to leave Ipswich, um, you know what I mean. It, it was one of them where I just couldn't turn it down. And if Ipswich had put something on the table, I'd have, I'd have signed because I'd yeah, I suppose it was that unknown, wasn't it? You know, two years on the trot, being so close. I suppose yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I mean, as an Ipswich fan, it was really sad to see because the side really started to really break up. The you know the very next season. So your first season in the, your first season in the Premier, too much. Your first season in the Premier League under Mick t- to start with um, did go so well, was fair to say. No, it didn't. Um, I mean, Mick's hands were tied to a certain extent. He didn't have much money to spend, like all the other clubs, really. Um, and I think he had what he had, you know. And he was trying to to get players in, you know, on the cheap, really. Uh, and there's a big jump from the from the championship to the Premier League, and yes. if you go and sort of get the right fit in, get the right players in, you need quality. Uh, you need qu- absolute quality to stay in the Premier League. A bit of luck as well, but uh, must, we just didn't have it. I must admit, no disrespect to yourself or any of the other players, but I did look through that squad, and yeah, it looked thin. It did look pretty it was, thin. It was a it was a very good championship team still. I think yeah. you yeah. know. I think uh, like I said, Mick didn't get the players in he had liked. Yeah, certainly top end players. You know the the millions and millions to spend, uh, which you need at the Premier League. There's no doubt about it. 
And obviously, from an Ipswich point of view, how was how was it those few months under Mick? I know, I mean, obviously, you were struggling as a team, but how was it? How was it? How was he as a coach? How was he a ma- your man manager? Yeah, he's brilliant. You know, he's he's a straight talking geezer. You know, he's a fantastic man manager. Um, I lived next door to him for. <laughs> Did you? Um, yeah. It's yeah. funny because I'd signed and I knew obviously where I was going to live and it was just a new building. It was going to be about five, six months to, to be ready. And there was these apartments on the same sort of uh, development um, and I decided to get one of them. So I've gone to look at it one day and I've, I've drove through the entrance and I've pulled my car around and I've parked in between two spaces. There's loads of spaces. I thought I'd be fine. So I've gone upstairs. The woman's shown us around and I thought, yeah, this is great. You know, this will do me until the house is ready. And there's a big bang on the door. It's just a proper bang. And it's not going away. And the woman's going, it's a bit strange. So she opens the door. And he's Mick, absolutely fuming. And he's going, <laughs> do you mind moving yet? <laughs> and I'm looking at him thinking, I'm sorry, uh, Gaffer, I didn't realise you lived here. Well, I do. Now move yet. <laughs> He'd have ripped my head off if he could have gotten through them doors. I tell you. Oh, man. Uh, so I, anyway, I got I got the apartment and I live next door. So, uh, oh dear! Did you um did you upset him with your parking anymore then or not? Oh no, I made sure I parked <laughs> in the right spot. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then then Niall Quinn and the consort the whole consortium thing comes along. I think Kevin Ball is installed as sort of caretaker manager. Then the whole consortium thing with Niall Quinn comes a comes around. How how was that? How did that feel? Yeah, you could see things were changing. You know, the, the whole consortium they were promising to pump millions and millions into the club. Yeah. Uh, which is, is what it needed. You know, if they were to get to the Premier League and to stay in the Premier League, that's what they needed. They needed money. You know, the the, the squad of players we had, you know what I mean, wasn't good enough uh, and it needed improving. Um, in the first three games, um, we got beat in the Championship, you know, after being relegated, so it wasn't a good start. The third game was against Plymouth um, and I got crocked after about 60 minutes and got a nasty blow to my ankle and again, I was out for about six weeks. Yeah. Now, within the space of a week, Roy Keane's appointed. Um, and I think his first week, or certainly his, by the second week, there was five new players in. Three of them were midfielders. And yeah, you I could... was looking from afar and I was thinking, what a legend. I mean, Roy Keane, legend, loved him when he played, fantastic character. Uh, what a superb, you know what I mean? I thought, this is brilliant. Uh, and, he, and he made lots of changes and he spent lots of money and he, he got something back to the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you went on loan to Preston that season? I did, yeah. It, it was funny because Ipswich were interested as well. Um, yeah, I know, I remember. So Preston, you know what I mean, it's a bit closer. I can yeah. do the commute. Um, it was only going to be for two months, I think it was. Uh, Roy Keane was wanting us to go to Ipswich um, rather than Preston because Preston were, I think, fourth or fifth in the in the championship at the time and Ipswich I think, were, yeah we were not com- not competing down and yeah. Sunderland I think were mid-table-ish so I think it didn't look great on him if I went to a team that were obviously doing better than Sunderland yeah and so I went there and I think it was me fourth game we, we were due to play Sunderland at the stadium alive and Paul Simpson has pulled us in and he went uh, have you heard anything from Roy or Sunderland um, about Saturday and I went I haven't heard a thing. He said, well, there's nothing in the contract, the loan agreement, to say you're not <laughs> allowed to play. Yeah. So as the days were going on and Saturday was getting closer, nothing was mentioned. So I thought, I'm playing here. <laughs> um, so it, it was a real surreal experience, strange, you know, gone there and we beat them 1-0. Um, wow. If I'm perfectly honest with you, I was absolutely buzzing. Just I bet to, you were. To sort of show him, really. I mean, 
obviously my loyalties were still with Sunderland because I was their player, but at the same time inside, I was delighted we'd won. You know, right. I was playing for Preston. That's kind of weird. I mean, did you? I mean, did you get any sort of reception from the crowd or anything? Or it was very strange. Very strange. I think I did a little bit of a celebration when the goal went <laughs> because it was hard for us to sort of keep my emotions in in check. Yeah, um, and there was a few boos, you know, and it was like uh, maybe I shouldn't have done it, but at the same time, ah, uh, yeah, I yeah, wanted you know. to win. I wanted of course to win. You did. Yeah, I yeah. To win. You mentioned your goal celebrations. You had one or two at Ipswich, didn't you? I remember there was a snooker. You had a snooker queue one, didn't you? Yeah, it was <laughs> that going on? Uh, golf. <laughs> I had the watch one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just crazy. You know, I, I used to love sort of obviously scoring goals and then doing daft things uh, after it, really. So, uh, released, um, you know, after that season, released. Um, other interests, I mean, I've got here, other interests, bizarrely, Coventry, potentially, Sheffield Wednesday, Forest Leeds, Stour Bucharest. <laughs> I mean, was there anything in that or not? I, I read it in the newspaper, like probably a lot of other people, and there was, no, there was certainly no sort of phone call made or anything like that. Uh, very bizarre, I don't know where that came from. Uh, Lee. Leeds, um, obviously, we're, we're interested in they were just down the road. They were League One. Yeah, uh, but massive. Dennis Wise and, and Poyet were there in charge. Oh, cool. oh, cool. oh, wow. Yeah. I remember going to speak to them, actually. And I spoke to them when I left Ipswich as well uh, the first time. Yeah. Uh, um, in 2005. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, Headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you. And are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match programme each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. And Ken Bates walked in, um, <laughs> and, he, and he more or less went, oh, I hope you're signing Miller and blah, 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 and obviously I didn't. Uh, Kevin Blackwell was a the manager then. Oh, yeah. So fast forward to 2007, 
Uh, I've gone down for talks with Dennis Wise and Poirier. Uh, and Bates comes in again. And he goes, Oi, Miller. He said, if you don't sign, I know which school your kids go to. And I went, well, <laughs> obviously, obviously a joke. Oh, yeah, I but... I'm hoping he was joking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I went, you'll have a hard job because they're only six months old. But, um, <laughs> no, it, it was close. But, obviously, I just thought, unfinished business. Let's get back to Ipswich. And obviously, so, Jim so had it, again, again, was it Jim on the phone and bending your ear and come back and we need you and... Yeah, I mean, he didn't have to beg, really. As soon as Jim saw, showed an interest, then I knew where I was going, you know, obviously close with him. Uh, I wanted to play for him and I wanted to come yes. back to, to Ripswich and, like That's I said, unfinished business. The playoff yes. semi-final defeat still hurt. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to try and help the club get back to the Premier League. And Pablo came back same summer, yeah? Yeah, so it, it worked well in that, in that sense, yeah. As a supporter, we can believe it. It was like, what's going on? You know, it's always like the band's getting back together. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, any sort of, you know, any in the two years you've been away, any sort of, other than obviously Jim now, manager and stuff, but any other sort of made big changes you noticed? Anything different around the club? Uh, not really. You know, Jim's obviously trying to stamp his mark on the job, you know, and he's got his ideas and obviously very passionate, very intense. Yeah. Uh, but... He, he just loves football, you know what I mean? He's yes. just 24-7 and um, it was a pleasure to play for him, you know, there was times when I let him down, um, other players let him down as well and it hurt, you know what I mean? Because I didn't want to hurt him down because I had such a fantastic that, relationship. That was another, yeah, that was another question I had actually. So, uh, you know, is, was that, how, how did that how did that sort of play out for you? So, obviously, playing alongside him in midfield, you knew what he was like, you know, demanding character and pretty full on and then, been managing him by him kind of hard sort of transition yeah it was at first because obviously you're his mate you know yeah exactly so I would look at him some days and he would sort of look (laughs) at me and he would laugh and it was a case of how's it come to this you know how am I the manager you you back playing and all sorts of different sort of scenarios but um, as the sort of weeks and the months got on you're adjusted um, and and there was no doubt about he was the manager and I was the player and he grew into the role, you know, he was a, a youngish manager, you know what I mean? Well, again, the you know, again that season, I mean, what a mad season that was, you know, one point off the playoffs, we just couldn't win an away game. So again, you look at the, you look at the stats of that season, um, we're, we finished home form, we're top, top on home form, 22nd on away form, we win three three away games. I mean, what was that? How, how did that, I mean, that we did it just get into, did it just almost get into sort of like a, a mental thing? I think it was the bus. It was the bus. The bus wasn't very comfortable. <laughs> no, joke, jokes apart, we, we couldn't believe it. You know, like you say, our home form was unbelievable. You're blowing teams away. Frightening. And then going away from home, there was nothing really changing. Um, although we did try little things because it wasn't working, you know, maybe yeah. tactics, maybe formations, personnel to a certain extent. But we couldn't believe it. You know, it was so chalk and cheese from... From home and away. I think it was something like 52 points at home, 17 away. It's just bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, and if you'd have gotten a few more points away from home, then obviously you would have been where we would have wanted in the in the playoffs or automatically. Oh, easily. Before. Easily or close, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It certainly made a, a, a big you know, breakthrough that season. I didn't quite realise he played so many games. Owen Garvin played like 45 games that season. Good player. Yeah, good football. You know, the, yeah. the sort of style he's got, he was very sort of... Laid Late. back, very casual, but so composed on the ball. You know, you could see a pass. Uh, a very good footballer. You know, and 
I thought he would have went on to yeah. maybe bigger and better things. Me too. Uh, whether it would have been with Ipswich or certainly, you know, a higher level. But uh, it's a shame, but he certainly did well for Ipswich, you know, a, a good, talented footballer. Yeah, yeah. So 38 appearances, five goals. And then, then, and then, then we get to the next season. Obviously, Marcus Evans. Marcus Evans comes along. Um, 37 league appearances, five goals. I'll tell you what, again, what interesting about this season. Who do you think highest highest appearance maker by an outfield player? Pablo, 47 games. Can you believe that? 47 yeah. games. Well, that was that was going to change, wasn't it? That was going to change soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> eighth place this time. Yeah, quite a way off Preston in sixth. Um, I mean, and weirdly, you know, so three games from the end of the season, suddenly Jim has gone, Majilton's gone, and um, and an old um, an old manager of yours gets appointed. Yeah, I mean, I remember it got to about <laughs> March time and my contract was running out and I was having discussions with Jim and I was saying, listen, what's what's happening? Um, am I staying? Am I going? And he went, well, I'll be perfectly honest with you. He said, if if we don't get in the playoffs, I think my time's going to be up anyway. Seriously, uh, yeah. yeah. There was obviously talk of a takeover and, and, and money coming in, investment coming in, and there was names getting mentioned of who's getting the job and he more or less just said to me, listen, if you can get yourself sorted, get yourself sorted. So okay. I spoke to a couple of clubs um, over the phone before the season finished and I'd, I'd made arrangements to sign for Sheffield Wednesday. So I more or less knew where I was going before the season finished. Oh, you did. Um, so when Roy came in, obviously when Jim departed, uh, Roy came in and I thought, good decision for myself because I thought... <laughs> It's, it's, I bet he, did he say, never forgiving you for that bloody Preston game? <laughs> but he puts it in his book, actually. He mentions it in his autobiography, saying, I, I think, think one of his mistakes as an early manager, as a rookie manager, was to, to let yeah. me play against him. But I think, I think you're right. When, just quickly, when he got appointed, just quickly, when he got appointed, yeah, sorry, um, he saw, uh, we were all, sort of, there was rumours going around that he was getting a job and I was thinking, surely not, surely not, oh, surely I, not. And he that. couldn't believe it. And then, we're in the canteen and geared up for this meeting and it, it, here he is, he comes in and I'm sat at the front on the on, on the chair like, and he's gone there. Uh, his first words were, all right, Tommy, I uh, didn't think you'd see me again, did you? And I sort of, just sort of grinned and, listen, I had nothing against him personally, you know what I mean? It, there's no fallout as such. It was maybe my face didn't fit. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, when he first came in at Sunderland, I was injured and in that time he brought a lot of players in and I just could not get in the team and, and then at Ipswich, I sort of, like I said, I knew where I was going and I don't think he would have kept me anyway. He wanted to change things. He wanted to spend money, uh, which he did. Uh, and you know what happened after that? Yeah. Just, just, Tommy, I've got to ask you just quickly towards the end of that season. Giovanni De Santos. Oh, super. <laughs> yeah, super. Well, I mean, again, as surprised as Roy Keane was, how about that? We, we couldn't believe we, we got him. You know, there was, again, speculation and... Jim was after a few different players and we get to this lad, you know, to Santos. Wow. I mean, what a talent. Uh, he didn't play many games on loan, oh, but he certainly oh, left God. his mark. He, the, the job was just give him the ball and he'll make things happen. And when he ran with the ball, he was only this little skinny little thing, you know what I mean? But you just couldn't get him off the ball. He, he skipped past players and, yeah. you know what I mean, a very good player. And obviously he went on to have a fantastic career at both club level and international level. Yeah, what, what Roy Keane did did say that was correct. He said there's no chance of him, anyone who thinks different, there's no chance of him being back here next season. He got that spot on, didn't he? Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So again, so you go to Sheffield Wednesday the next season, two-year contract, Brian Laws is manager. 
Um, again, it doesn't quite work out for him. He goes. Um, Alan Irvin, I think, of, to me, always seems to be like the perennial caretaker manager from everywhere. Um, he's appointed. Then, um, again, a, a relegation, final day, draw with Palace and you go down. Yeah, that's right. It was a bit of a frustrating season for me. Um, I got injured in pre-season. I tore my me thigh muscle. Um, yes. I seemed to pick up a lot of muscle injuries that year. Yes. Um, the hamstring, I, I didn't get back for the last sort of, six games or whatever. I missed them. Uh, so again, watching from the stand, it was a disaster really getting relegated because Sheffield Wednesday is a massive football club. Oh yeah, massive club and to go down on the last day, uh, like I said, was a disaster. Yeah. So disappointing. And then, and then the next season again is financial. They've got winding up order. Um, Irving goes. Gary Megson. Gary Megson comes in. Um, 54, but again, over two seasons, 54 appearances, 10 goals. So he's still chipping in with goals from goals from midfield. And again, there was, um, not, not a game, but a, a bit of a contract issue at the end there, which meant he left. Yeah, there was, um, when I'd signed for them, I signed a two year deal. And, um, if I played so many games, it, it triggered an extra year, uh, which a lot of players seem to have in the deal. Yeah, so I certainly yeah. did, uh, years ago. Um, and it was approaching, I think I was about three or four away. Uh, and I was captain, you know, Gary Mixon came in, made me captain, I played all the games for him, uh, and he just said, listen, we, we can't um, we can't give you the deal, uh, what you're on now, and I said, that's fair enough, you know, I, I realise where the club is, uh, but I'm sure, he said, I'm sure we can rearrange something or come to an agreement, so we'll sit down at the end of the season, so towards the end of the season, I was pulled from the games, I didn't play, obviously didn't get to the right amount, which triggered the automatic deal, um, so my understanding was at the end of the season I was going to get a new deal, um, which he he, he, taught, he spoke about, uh, gone in and he said, listen, you're going to have to move on. Um, I'm going to go with a different sort of approach next year and I'm going to get some other players in. And I was disappointed because yeah. uh, I thought I had a good relationship with him. Like I said, I was the captain. Um, but listen, these things happen in football and it shouldn't surprise you. And as much as I was angry and disappointed and, you get over it quickly and, uh, you know what I mean, I walked out of the office, shook his hand and I thought, well, there you go, see you there. So next next season, you're off, you're packing your boots up again, Huddersfield? Yeah, uh, Lee Clark was the manager in, who I knew um, and Paul Stevenson was the assistant manager who I played with at Hartlepool many years ago. Oh yeah, ago. Newcastle, yeah, Gaza. Uh, Newcastle yeah. as well, so yeah, he just said, come, come for a year, you know what I mean, we, we're desperate to get out the league, um, come for a year and I thoroughly enjoyed it, you know, a very good football club and, we played good football. We were. Uh, I was part of the team that we, I think they went 51 games unbeaten. Obviously, I didn't play in all in 51. Yeah, but across it, yeah, yeah. Before, yeah. Over, but it was a um, a real strong team, and obviously we had Jordan Rhodes. Oh yeah, well I've got I've got to say um, comfortably at the end of that season, 2011 and 12, probably one of the worst penalty shootouts I've ever I've ever I've ever That's seen. The worst penalty. Yeah. Well, actually, you know what yours? I'll tell you what. I watched this again today. I've got to say, Tom, I watched this again today, and yours weren't a bad penalty. Alan Lee, the keeper, could have thrown his cap on it, couldn't he? And the worst penalty I think I've ever seen in my life, I think, was Damien Johnson. Yeah, we we missed our first three. No, it, it was, it, no, it was, it was a, five five out of the first six penalties were missed. It was a bizarre game. It was the final was was a frustrating. Damn, game. It? Nothing happening. It was a it was a red hot day. It was absolutely sweltering. Yeah. And I remember we got to extra time and I think I nearly scored about five minutes to go from the end. Yeah. And Michael Doyle's cleared off the line and yeah. it gets to the end. It was penalty. So I've quickly gone into the changing rooms because I needed the toilet. 
And I've come back out and Rhodes, he's sort of there with the ball and he's gone, he sort of chucked it at me and went, you're up first. And I thought, <laughs> all right, okay. So I had no time to think about it at all. I just got the ball, walked up and it's a long walk from the halfway line. Yeah, especially uh, on that weather, you know, hot, heat, yeah. Yeah, and I've gone to my favourite side and I could have hit it better. There's no doubt about it. And he saved it and you're thinking, oh God, of all the places to miss. Um, and like I said, we missed our first three. And then... And nobody big... missed. Pardon? And then, and then nobody missed. I mean, everyone... Nobody just... missed. And then the goalkeepers <laughs> were taking them. And Alex Smithies took it for us and scored a great penalty and obviously yeah. saved a few. And then it came to Steve Simmons and the, the Sheffield United keeper. And yeah. if he'd scored, I was back up. So all sorts oh, of... Of course. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. As much as I'm so confident from the spot, I was bricking it because I'd already missed. Imagine missing two. And then they've yeah, oh, done even exactly. Done so he plays <laughs> over the bar and we, we win and obviously a fantastic day. I mean, it would have been a disaster if we got beaten. Obviously, there missed the penalty, yeah. uh, but we won and it sort of it takes that away from it. You know. What I mean? how, how many times did you get to play at Wembley? Um, just the once. That was the day. Yeah, that was the the day. Well, you got that. Yeah. Yeah, I went with Halifax in the in the FA uh, Trophy, trophy. Uh, a few years back and we won that one. So. But yeah. to play, obviously, was was just the once. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I've got to just quickly dwell on the next season. Only because Paolo Di Canio talked me, talk me through it. Absolutely loved him. <laughs> uh, what a character. It was funny because I'd left Huddersfield. Again, uh, Simon Grayson came into the back end of the season. And another one, I thought I did quite well for him. But listen, my managers are, you know what I mean, they, they have different ideas and bits and bobs. And things change. So... Didn't stay at Huddersfield. And I get a phone call. I was I was in the garden one day and um, it was, uh, I didn't recognise the number, so I didn't answer it. I thought they'll leave a message if they want me. And they left a message and it was, uh, hi, this is Phil Spencer here, Paolo De Canio's agent. Can you give me a ring back? And I'm thinking, Phil Spencer? I thought, location, location, location. <laughs> Someone is having me off here. Yeah, yeah. Me up. yeah. Um, so I just left it. I didn't ring back. And then the next day, it rang again. And I'm thinking, I best answer this. And so I'm ringing and I'm sort of listening. And he's going, yes, Paolo Di Canio wants you to come to Swindon and have a chat and wants to sign you, blah, blah, blah. Can you come to Swindon tomorrow? So I thought, this must be real. So I thought, yeah, I'll get the train down tomorrow and I'll come and have a chat. So I get to the train down, gone into his office. And there's him and his assistant and the goalkeeper coach and fitness coach there, all Italian. And he just, I was blown away with what he had to say. You know, he... He was so passionate, um, so in your face, just so demanding. I just, what a character. And he went, this English mentality of days off, he said, no chance. He said, Wednesday's off in the middle of the week, most important day. He wow. said, we train every day, we train hard. And I'm thinking to myself, no days off. You, you <laughs> must get a day off. Well, I signed. Um, and I think we got the 76 days before we got a day off. And I think that was travelling back from Italy, which was the hardest pre-season ever for two weeks. But I was in fantastic shape and felt so fit. Wow. Um, you know what I mean? It was relentless. But I absolutely loved it. He was, he was a fantastic coach, very passionate. Really? Very, coach, yeah, good ideas. and Good ideas. Different. I think when he played, yeah. Been. yeah. He yeah. was so good with the defenders and so good with the... You know what I mean? In the units, working with the shape, he had this Italian sort of style of methods of the defending. And yeah, yeah. I loved it. I learned so yeah. much off him. And 
listen, his man management skills weren't great at times. You know, he'd blow a fuse, and obviously you, you saw what happened when he brought the keeper off. Um, like, well, you know what I mean, against Preston. But yeah. And we'd have videos at six o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, you know, analysis, match analysis, and he would go through everything, every detail. But I loved him. Honestly, I really, really enjoyed him. Well, it must have been what an absolute experience. He was a legend. Tell me, tell me, he made you guys stand in front of the video and watch his goal a hundred times against Wimbledon. The scissor volley. <laughs> <laughs> Bad volley. Still the best goal I think I've ever seen. Ever. Unbelievable. Yeah, did he ever join in? Tra- could he still do it? Could he? Did he ever join in training? Could he still do it? Little bits, little bits in the shooting drills. You know, he'd do a few volleys, and he was still in fantastic shape. You know what I mean? There was nothing on him. He was wow. football and strong. Yeah. But his methods and. Like I said, I, I enjoy. No, he's one of my, he's one of my favourite players in the Premier League. Was just brilliant, absolutely, yeah. absolutely brilliant. So from there, you, so from there, you, you off to Bury for a season under Kevin Blackwell, yeah? It was, yeah. And again, like I said uh, before, Kevin Blackwell tried to sign me at Leeds. Yeah. Uh, they were having a few money problems. Um, the season had already started. Uh, he offered me to come down. I think it was end of September, and he said, "Listen, can you come and sign? Come and play for me. I need your sort of player in midfield." Yeah. Uh, again. I wasn't getting box to box then. I was more or less just sitting in front and, you know what I mean, trying to get on the ball a bit, which wasn't my biggest strength, but I felt I could do it at that level, you know what I mean? It was my experience. Um, went there and he didn't last much, you know what I mean? He got the sack. Um, again, it was a struggle, you know what I mean? I was travelling every day. Uh, I was doing the commute. It was two hours there, two hours back. Um, but it was an eye-opener, you know what I mean? And, um, the football but was great. Obviously, obviously, as an ex-Berry player, sad to see the demise of the club. Oh yeah, because it's Terrible. it's a big club, a very big club, you know. And the, the fans were turning week in week out, regardless of how we were doing. Yeah, um, and, 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 and travelling the numbers through away games. It, it's a, it's a real shame, you know. A great stand, a great ground, everything about it was. It, it's such a shame, and you know what I mean. I hope to see them come back in, in somewhere, you know what I mean, in the next couple of years. Just quickly, one thing I meant to ask you, about perhaps about your last spell at Ipswich and as you progress for your career, did your, did your role change, your midfield role change slightly? You started getting perhaps play, playing a bit deeper role? Definitely, and I think when I left Ipswich, you know, under Joe Royal, it changed when I went with Sunderland with Mick McCarthy. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not saying I would have gotten the goals, um, you know what I mean, if I was playing higher up because... In the Premier League, you don't get that many chances and you're playing against better players. And I realised we were the underdogs in many a game and we had to stay behind the ball and keep our shape and all sorts of stuff. But when I went there, it was a sort of... The shackles were, were on me a little bit because I played alongside Dean Whitehead, um, who liked to get forward as well, you know, a fantastic athlete who would yeah. get in the box. And I didn't have the licence to get forward or certainly the, the free sort of reign like I did at Ipswich. Um, and if Ipswich had get promoted to the Premier League, which we should have done, I believe, listen, it's easy to say it, but I believe I would have been a better fit in Joe's team because obviously he yeah. knew how to get the best out of me. Whereas I've gone to Sun and, and Mick, and listen, it's not Mick's fault. I'm just saying my game had to change because of personnel around me. Yeah, and obviously the Premier League as well. It was it was a it was a harder league, and like I said, you weren't going to get the the chances like I did in the championship. Uh, to be fair, mate, you're doing yourself down because you know you were um, the joint top scorer that season, don't you, with, with three? <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> I think it was about four of you. I think it was you, Dean Whitehead, and I, I can't remember who else, but yeah. yeah big so, numbers. 
You do, including what I did see. This must have been quite sweet for you. You scored in a two what a rare win, a two 0 win over over Middlesbrough. I did. It's uh, it's funny because where I live, there's quite a lot of Middlesbrough fans. Yeah. And um, so I used to get a lot of stick going in the pub, and uh, they used to say, "Oh, you get beat again," and you know what I mean. So I, I made sure I went in the pub after that game because <laughs> I thought surely they'll buy me a pint, and not one of them mentioned it. But um, yeah, that was our first Premier League win, and. It was live on Sky, you know, and it, it was a monkey off our back, even though it obviously didn't kick on as, yeah. as light. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was a good experience and obviously a good result in to get me first, first Sunderland goal. Oh, just quickly, what we should have spoken about, the Sunderland fans, fan base, you know, always looked upon as being fairly fairly fanatical. Massive, massive. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people say this, it's the best place to play when it's going well. Yeah. But when it's not, it is, it's tough. And you've got, you've, <laughs> listen, you've got to be mentally tough. Yes. Uh, and I am, and lot, lots of players are. Yeah. Uh, so you've got a. And I had friends and family, you know what I mean, who would bug me every week. What's going on? What's happening? Why aren't you doing this? And why is that? And I felt it a lot because obviously I'm from the region and I used to get it quite a lot, which I could handle. Uh, but like I just said, at the same time, when it's going well, there's no better place because they have that stadium rocking. Yeah, yeah. And finally, last season, 2015-16, um, you, you dropped down to and joined Halifax. Bit of a swan song at Halifax. Yeah, I had a year at Hartlepool quickly just after I left. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, you yeah. did. Sorry, I missed. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Fifteen, yeah, fifteen appearances. And then you end up at you end up at Halifax. Yeah, yeah. right at Hartlepool. It was sort of littered by Willie. Willie Donaghy came in as assistant manager. Actually, wow. So, who was who was manager then? Paul Murray got the job. Uh, Colin Cooper signed me. Right, Colin yeah. Cooper, and then he, yeah, got the, yeah. uh, he moved on and uh, yeah. Paul Murray came in. And again, it was a struggle. Um, and I got injured against Cambridge away, uh, tore my calf, and I never ever got back until the last three, two or three games of the season where we were fighting for survival under Ronnie Moore. That's uh, right, yeah. I, I sort of knew. I kept breaking down. I kept trying to come back and my calf just kept sort of coming. You know, I, I kept re-tearing it. I went yeah. to London for all these tests and I was on 599 games, so it was bugging me because oh. I've got a bit of OCD. So <laughs> I thought, I need one more game. Uh, and I, I managed wow. to, to get on for one more game and get 600. Six, 600, 600. But, uh, yeah, probably yeah. brilliant, mate. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's me. And that was sort of a sign, maybe. That, that's time there. So Halifax came in and they were part-time. Yeah. And it, and it suited me. Again, I, I didn't, Sign early. I signed sort of September, October time, so I missed the start of the season. They were having a bit of a, a bad start, uh, yeah. and the manager got the sack after the after my first game. And the assistant manager got the job, and he just said, "Listen, Tommy, will you will you help me out?" And I helped him out till the end of the season, and, and thoroughly enjoyed it. And you know, what I mean, I'm, that was me sort of coaching experience. Apart from a brief spell at Swindon when De Canio walked out. Uh, me and Darren Ward took the team for, for two games, played yeah. both their managers and thoroughly enjoyed it. But again, we, we both still wanted to play, so it was hard doing the doing the both roles. So you're still involved sort of full-time with Spennymore or how is it? Yeah, Spennymore's part-time team. Part-time, you know, yeah. um, so we train on a Tuesday night, a Thursday night. Um, yeah. It's a fantastic club. It, it is going in the right direction. The chairman, uh, Bradley Groves, is a very ambitious man. You know right. what I mean? He, he is yeah. on the ball all the time and he has big plans for the club. The manager, Jason Ains, he's been there a, a number of years, a bit of a legend there, you know what I mean? He's took them through the leagues and I've, I've jumped on it, you know, the last sort of 
four years and, and thoroughly enjoyed my time. You know, I, I'm going through the coaching badges. I, I was on my year license with with Kieran, uh, Tyler, oh, nice and yeah. uh, Kelvin uh, last yeah. summer. Uh-huh. Uh, so that I'm just finishing that off now. And obviously, I have ambitions to to be a manager, and to, you know what I mean. That's what I want to do. Perhaps, perhaps back here one day. You never know. Never know. You never hey. know. You never do. Just, just quickly, Tommy, before we, before we, before we finish up, um, best player, best player you played with? Well, certainly Dipswich. It was Pablo, just because of the chemistry and yeah. the sort of understanding I had. Like I said, I didn't have to look. I could play the ball around my corner. He was instantly there, and we had an instant sort of connection and yeah. link up. Um, Jim and John obviously is a midfielder. He was one sort of who I'd look up to because of how good he was on the ball and. How good he used to run games. He used to dictate games. Yeah, and, boss, yeah. Uh, boss games, yeah. So, certainly, my me, me best years were at Ipswich. And certainly, uh, if so, if I was to say better players, they were up there, you know what I mean? So, but Pablo, because of the link up we had and the understanding we had. Yeah, it's, it's nice to say that. Yeah, I, I really enjoy those days. Funny you should talk about Jim, because my colleague, Stat, who I think made contact with you in the first place, has just done a similar thing with Jim. It took it. It was over. It was over um, four four. I listened parts. to it. I, I listened to it. I was, I was as I was painting the fence these last <laughs> few weeks, and I've had a lot of fence to paint and shed, <laughs> trellising. I've stuck it on, and it, it was a great listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it shows you how passionate Passion. he is, and Passion. it still is for the club. And yeah. it's just a shame how it happened, how it finished for him as a manager. Because yeah. I've said this before, I've done newspapers, so. Uh, uh, columns and bits and bobs that if Jim had been given the money, managers had been given after him, he'd have gotten them, I'm sure, to win because they weren't far away. They weren't no, away. Tommy, I think you're right. And the crowd would have been, you know, the fans would have been with him. And it was just, you know, you, you, you go back just quickly, you know, just to re- we go back that time in Roy Keane. And I remember seeing it on Sky Sports and thinking, oh, this, is not, this is not happening. And then obviously you see it announced and you think, well, and I remember I got a call from a good friend of mine from the States, big, big football fan at the States, Irish guy. So love Roy Keane. So, oh, that's it. That's it. You're promoted then, you know, next season, you'll yeah. walk it. Yeah. And uh, we all know, but yeah, hindsight, hindsight's a wonderful, wonderful thing. It is. Um, so, so, Tommy, absolutely brilliant, mate. Thanks ever so much for agreeing to doing this. Absolute pleasure. You've given me and I, I know and, yeah, everyone a lot of pleasure down the years at Ipswich. Thanks for all your efforts, efforts there. Um, and just quickly, so um, in summary, five, I'll, I'll get you 520, 520 league games. Uh, five, 520 league game, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was 600 altogether, so obviously with the cup games and yeah. stuff like that, and I think I was on a 114 or something like that goal. So, yeah, listen, I enjoyed every every minute of it. Yes, there was highs, yes, there was lows, but it's a fantastic um, sport, a fantastic career. Yeah. It's something I, I dreamed of when I was a young kid, and obviously I've lived the dream, and it feels like I'm starting off over again now in terms of, coaching, managing, managing. Yeah. trying to, to get back up there and one day hopefully it can happen and hopefully it will. So have you got kids, kids who are interested, kids who are playing? Yeah, I've got twins. Uh, I've got a boy and a girl and oh. uh, Tom and Freya, they're 13-year-old, uh, 14 in October. So my little lad loves football. You know, he um, eats, sleeps, drinks and he, he goes to bed with his ball, I think, just like Jim Magilton does. <laughs> um, but he's in the garden, he watches it. And then my daughter, she likes her gymnastics. Brilliant, uh, so we, we're pretty active as a... As a oh, you, yeah. You're involved with a bit of homeschooling as well at the moment, then. 
Yeah, it's not so bad because they, they sort of crack on themselves, you know, they're a good oh. age um, and they're asking me at times, how do you do this? And I look at it and I'm thinking, <laughs> that's that's not how I did it when I was at school. So, oh, you, play, you were playing football at school, weren't you? I mean, that's, that's what it, <laughs> well, that's that's what right. it was. That's what I was, it was. Let's get the trade switch. Yeah. There you go. Just before we go, I've got a story, and I don't really remember this. Many, many years ago, during your first spell at Portman Road, I was at a corporate event with you, right? I don't even remember this. And you gave me a lift home in your Audi TT. I can, very vaguely. No way. I can. Now, this was mentioned before by uh, Renegade Statman, actually. Stat. So, there so you go. He was on and he mentioned it, and I thought... I, I, I tell I you, what, he, he, that. he yeah. never, see, he never believes me. But I said we, we were going over against. We do, we do like a history pod. We did one uh, a couple of years back, and yeah. your name came up. I don't know what game it was. Could have been the Portsmouth game. Your name yeah. came up, and yeah. I said, I've got a great story to tell. <laughs> I've got a great story. I said, who's a guy? He said, oh, where do you live? And I said, oh, rush me. He said, I live at Kesgrove. I'll give you lift home. And I thought, yeah, yeah all right, yeah, okay. <laughs> and then Len literally gets towards the end. He said, oh, Dave, you know, you all right? Yeah, okay. So, oh, yeah, well, you know, fantastic. Never forget that. Save me, no, no save, save me a taxi. Brilliant, mate. Brilliant. <laughs> now, Tommy, thanks ever so much. A real pleasure. Thanks for coming on. And, uh, you know, good luck with everything at Spennymore and, uh, and for the future. Yeah, thanks very much. Listen, hopefully Ipswich, obviously we want football back, you know what I mean? As quickly yeah, as possible. that's important thing, And when yeah. it's safe to do so, and, and hopefully Ipswich can to get back to certainly the championship where they deserve and hopefully pushing on to, to the Premier League. I hope so, mate. Fantastic. Thanks ever so much. Take Cheers, care. thank you. Keep Cheers. safe. Cheers, Bye. Man. Bye. 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 It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.